Please keep a demand. So they keep a demand. Keep a demand upon the gift. Keep a demand upon the mantle, upon the anointing. You know, a prophet is only as valuable as you deem him to be. I'm going to say it again. The prophetic gift is only as valuable as you deem it to be. I can have somebody that asks for prophecy, but they don't understand honor. And because they don't understand honor, they, they, uh, they cannot receive prophecy. Then I have somebody that understands honor and they come and I can see every crevice of their life. From this age, this happened, that age, this, that. In Krugersdorp, we had, we had a, we, we prophesying over people. And there was somebody was battling tremendously financially. The Lord said to me, tell him everything he has right now as cash on him, he must give. And, uh, um, and as he did without hesitation, gave. He had to give a seed. I said, you have to put it in. I don't care if it's 10,000 rand or if it is 10 rand. I said, whatever is in your wallet, open it up. He said, yeah, open it up. He showed me as 100. I said, put it in. I said, don't worry. I'm not going to scam you for 100 rand. <laughs> okay. Um, don't, 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 you can't insult us like this. Um, uh, we will do a proper job if we have to do, if we have to do that. Okay. Um, uh, but I said, you have to put in so that whatever I can prophesy to you, because I began to see and I saw very deep and I want the demand to be here. I'm honored to be here. I began to see very deep. I saw, we, we were prophesying very deep in Cruise Orbit. We were prophesying deep here as well. But Cruise Orbit really just went in really deep. And as I said, we must never be so close that we forget. We must never be so close and familiar that we forget. You know, Judas became so close, he forgot the voice of the one that was speaking and he no longer heard the words. Have you ever been on a phone call with somebody and you like talk to them, but they over talk you and they don't listen to a word that you'll say. It's like they, they just interrupt you with a sentence and they over talk to you and it's always their type of issue, their problems that you must listen to. Um, they over talk. It's a bit of a narcissistic type uh, personality, but it is, they, 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 they blinded to any voice except themselves. So Judas became so close that he didn't hear the warning that Jesus gave him because he didn't regard him as a voice in his life anymore. So the value of a prophetic warning could not be, could not be valued by Judas anymore. And because of that, he lost his life. Yet Christ warned him and gave him an, a chance and an opportunity. Although Judas will be in heaven, are you guys with me? As I made a statement, oh, there will be much more people in heaven than hell. And people hated that statement. Oh, they hated. Please, if you, if, 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 there's going to be no place for religion here tonight because I'm going to hit some, some golden cows. You should have already left because of the Christmas trees and the, um, and, uh, and uh, Rudolph, the reindeer. Listen, you have to be more worried about other things than the devil trying to be. The 
Bible never speaks in Jeremiah whatever, whatever, Jane 10, about this. It speaks about a totem type pole that was erected as an idol. Religion will cause you, God will not be even close to you when you are in legalism. That is why He has given me the message of grace. Because I will just make a statement and say your sin does not send you to hell. No sin sends you to hell. I want to prophesy, but also this morning we just prophesied. We're going to prophesy tonight, the Lord. Don't worry. I made a statement. I said, your sin will not send you to hell. Oh my God. There's only one thing that will send a person to hell. It is not having Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You are not sin. If sin sends you to hell, you all are going to hell. But, and I saw these comments and things were going viral. And there's these exposure channels. And there's one person, they even manifested so much, they began to convince. They say you have to work your way into heaven. And they have all this big following, even big preachers following them. Uh, it's the madness of commercialized Christianity. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I'm going to irritate and press your buttons till you don't know. They're probably, probably watching this as well. I'll, I'll be irritating and pressing your buttons. And I'll be pressing until you slip up with those scriptures as you already have. We are saved by grace through faith, not of works that we should boast. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. There has been a mixture preached in the church that said there's a requirement for salvation, a part or extra of Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. There's no requirement. I'll preach it to encounter, not even repentance. Please, I studied my Bible. Repentance doesn't mean forgiveness of sin. Repentance means to change your mind. So God granted the Gentiles repentance so they could change their mind so that they could hear the gospel. So the only requirement for the gospel is to believe. But people have this, have this defeatism mindset. I have to repent of this. I have to repent of every sin. I have to repent of this. God is so tired of your repenting. Because you keep doing the same thing and keep repenting. You're not actually changing your mind. And they're like, oh, they're not preaching the true gospel because they're not preaching the gospel of repentance. Well, I haven't been given the gospel of repentance. Maybe you have. Stop imposing it onto others. I've been given. And in fact, we haven't preached one saved, always saved the first time now. If you remember very well, I think it was during lockdown, I did a whole teaching. South Africa doesn't have a problem with it. Only the other countries have a problem with it. Some in South Africa has a problem. I had big preachers contacting me. They're too scared to preach it to their church, yet they believe in it. They're too scared to preach it to their church. Oh, we're going to give the people a license to say no. You preaching legalism 
will give them a license to sin. Grace empowers. Grace sets free. So, people have this thing, you know, you're going to lose your salvation, all this. We have taught you thoroughly on that in the Scriptures. It is impossible for you to lose your salvation. You cannot. If you do, Jesus is a liar. You can remove many Scriptures out of the Bible, but people want a hell destined doom and gloom message. They want a God that can beat them up with a stick. Listen to me. God is no longer angry at sin. He is angry at other things, so don't worry about that. He still killed Ananias and Zephyrus in the New Testament, still killed Herod. But he's not angry with sin. The anger, his anger towards sin ceased upon the cross. Are you guys with me? So when I began to preach this message and the Lord said to me, begin to preach the gospel of grace, the good news of grace, the good news of grace, which is purely the gospel. It began to travel really all over. And I said, watch, now many people are going to begin to preach grace. But they're not going to tread on the waters that I'm treading, which is the truth. And then there was one famous prophet in America, which was very, used to be very, he was known for legalism, very legalistic. And he was preached and, and he made a video and he said he got this revelation of grace and he just blurred out all the scriptures that we were preaching. But he really got it. And I was like, wow, you know, um, you got it. And then he made the statement. He said, and some people call it the too good to be true news. And I said, but that is what we call it. There's somebody else who calls it nearly too good to be true. I don't call it nearly too big to be true. I call it too good to be true news. Because it is too good to be true. That hell is not made for believers or Christians. And these visions that people have, that they're going to see this Christian in hell and this minister, it's a load of nonsense. Unless they were not true believers. So you have true believers and you have fake believers. Those who are masquerading, Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21 is not believers that are going to go and they are really believing in Jesus Christ and they're standing in front of the throne and they realize they're going to be sent to hell. What a load of garbage. This is not a... Jesus is not a scam artist. A 419 gospel. A, a catfish type thing where he's going to make you think everything is good. And all of a sudden you're going to get to heaven and you're going to find out you're going to go to hell. You're going to be kidding me. What God have we created? We created an imaginary God, a fantasy God, according to our own upbringing and the own condemnation in our own hearts. Because we cannot show love towards others and we do not love ourselves. We create a God that is fake. And then we impose him onto others. But it's not the God what the Bible says. When Jesus came, he came to present the goodness of God. He took a prostitute by the hand and because of the goodness of God, he didn't tell her to repent. He just said, go and sin no more. To another one, a prostitute came and threw her, her yearly wages upon his feet. Do you know how wealthy she has to be to take a year's worth of wages and just have it in perfume? And she was a high class prostitute. And she broke the alabaster box over his feet. 
and he received it. Are you guys with me? And he understood his value. South Africa church need to understand prosperity and get out of poverty. You need to understand your value. You need to understand that God has blessed you. You are blessed. It's called the irreversible blessing. The, say with me, the irreversible. The blessing that cannot be reversed. Irremovable, irreversible blessing of God. When Balaam said, they are blessed and it cannot be reversed. It is the commanded blessing. You are the blessed. Wherever you walk, you are blessed. You don't give so that you can be blessed. You walk because, and you give because you are blessed. So you're proclaiming to principalities and powers, to your lost friends and family, that every time you give that you are blessed. Joseph had nothing yet, but he had a dream coat made out of many different colors, a royal dream coat, and he was walking as if he was blessed. Why? Because he saw the future. What is seeing the face of God? Have you seen? What is seeing the face of God? Seventy the future. So when Moses saw the face of God, he saw the future. I'm going to preach a little bit, then we're going to prophesy to you. Say with me, mixture. Let's get into, into a little bit of this. I want to give you a word that the Lord gave me. Um, go with me to, let's go to, uh, uh, let's go to Galatians 3 verse 1. There's one thing that God is very upset with or that makes God angry from Genesis to Revelation. It's called mixture. Noah's seed, uh, sorry, not Noah's seed, the, the um, generation that Noah was living in had a mixed seed. Are you guys with me? Um, uh, before, Adam was not the first fall, by the way. Adam was the second fall. This thing's head is turning <laughs> as I'm walking. I want us to show these big Christmas trees to all our haters on the internet. May you cringe. And all the media that has contacted us, I'm turning all of them down because they want to just uh, really we, are, we have a different assignment. My assignment isn't to try to get glory out of there. You know, people think, what do you do with your money? This, that, what about, I mean, what do the church do with our money? Um, if you begin to tithe, we might tell you, but uh, you know, um, what are we doing? We just dropped 18 million on an assets and we are busy with a project that is possibly going to get close to 80 to 100 around there anything around there waiting on the final figures and once everything is ready we're going to be presenting it to you in february and this thing will be done very quickly 
it is many are going to fly in from different nations to come and check. I don't want centurion. I don't want centurion to um, to uh, like Jesus says, you know, a prophet is not known in his own hometown. I really don't want to go to another country and I prophesy more or go to Cape Town and prophesy more. Prophecy has to come out here and flow like a river. The prophecy can save your life. Trust me, it can save your life. Prophecy can save your life. God really loves you that He has given you a prophet. I am not a self-appointed prophet. I'm appointed by the Lord Jesus Christ. An angel came and visited me twice to announce it. Now all the preachers are preaching on angels and this angel visited them and this angel is with them. No, 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 no. You all were attacking me. I know what it is when an angel arrives in my house. I know what it is when an angel arrives here. This morning angels were here. It was in Krugersdorp. I was pointing to one lady. I said, as I was pointing to the lady, I said, I see stomach problems, but I saw wrong. Because as I was pointing to her, the person right in front of her manifested at the stomach. Persons manifested at the stomach. And, uh, uh, but I was just seeing in that direction. So tonight we are going to prophesy and some are going to get delivered here tonight. God. So, 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 so God loves you because he has given you a prophet. I don't want to be eroded to another place. Please don't force God to erode me to another place. There is something called the erosion of a prophet. That is where God takes him and he removes him and he sends him to another place because he has not received. <clears throat> Are you guys with me? The only way we have been limited with a little bit of growth, even though we have much more in our cell groups than attendance, is the size of our building. The, prop, the parking problems we have. All this nonsense, little bathrooms. Those are the type of things that would a kids church, and we're busy upgrading our kids church by the way because we moved our offices. Um, so our offices is no longer here. Our offices is moved. We haven't even announced it, but I don't know if we should announce. I mean, I don't know if we, you know, I mean, you can phone the church and get the address. I think we should update the address. Maybe I'm not exactly sure. But um, uh, 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 if you are a disciple, you would know. Okay, if you are just a pew sitter, you would not know this would be this would be new news to you. So because of that, we can do the the, the big church bigger. But um, uh, 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 where was I now? What was I saying? So don't, I don't want God to remove. I don't want Him to remove. First of all, because I'm happily set in here. Um, but but. You know, a gift must be celebrated. I'm not speaking of idolatry towards me and I couldn't care less. My ministry is not an internet ministry. My ministry is a ministry. We just happen to be on the internet. And we happen to go viral in many areas with genuine growth. Okay, so, so, and that's because we get attacks. My ministry is here. 
We happen to have an online church and that is great. We have an online church and we love all our online, all our online members. Um, uh, we have online partners. We love them as well. Many of them fly in almost every conf many conferences. They come in, whether it is Europe, USA, UK, they fly in um, uh, to come and receive. But, but um, uh, I want the demand to be so strong that God can tell me or speak. Now, it is very difficult when it comes to prophecy. You'll see me a lot of times prophesy over new people. Because, I mean, what do I keep prophesying over you? You know, keep getting word of knowledge. I'm going to be like one of those fake prophets that just keep prophesying over the same people all the time. You know, I'm not that type of prophet. If I prophesy over somebody that is in my church, I will give you the word of the Lord related to the future, related to the prediction of... To, so I don't have to get into forensic or those things, but if there's somebody new, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will give me forensic or will give me a word of knowledge for them because they are new. But He doesn't have to do it with those who have been in our church for four or five years. So never be prophecy hungry in that regard. Be hungry for the word of the Lord. But then the Lord can still come in and come with any situation. With It doesn't just need to know how many children you have or this or that. That is just sharpened gifts on me. Meaning there are certain areas in prophecy where you are sharpened in, which is easy to prophesy. If I have to tell you what we teach people in the prophetic school, I'll be on the newspapers tomorrow. So that is why we charged 15,000 Rand for a prophetic school. Okay, people think it is a lot. But on the first night, they realized it's not a knot. And uh, we had a jam-packed, by the way, uh, for that amount. Um, some people charge a thousand and they can't get ten people. Uh, so there's a measure of grace. But if people would know what we teach, or if people would know how prophets really see, they would think that they are witches. I taught, we taught in the prophetic retreat things that I don't even teach other ministers. And that is just one part of how I see. If people really understand how prophets train and how prophets see, they will think they are witches. Trust me. If you have to feel an angel come in or the presence of angels visiting you, like it would visit me when an angel comes from the throne room of God for me to stand in the council of God. You would think a devil is in the place. Mary, fear came upon her. You see, many angels don't visit people because they'll rebuke them and, and call them a familiar spirit or a spirit of divination. Because angels don't look the way you think they look. Trust me. Are you guys with me? These little images of wings and stuff has messed people up. An angel will visit you and look like Avatar. I'm serious. That is why many are not ready for visitations. We are going to go into a season of visitations. But many are not ready. My first angel I saw, not my first one, one of the first few ones. I thought I'm like in the movie of Avatar. I, th I thought, what's happening here? Then the other angel I saw came as a person. 
And the other angel I saw came translucent with gold hieroglyphics on that opened my spiritual eyes in a greater way. I've seen many angels. I really have seen many angels. Um, and I know in a meeting when they come in, I can even many times point you exactly to where they are standing. If you have been with us in Kruger's door, we have photos of the face of Jesus Christ. I've seen this building shaken. You have heard the angels singing in our prophetic retreat here. How many of you heard the angels singing over and over for about an hour long in our prophetic retreat? That is just small stuff. That is just minor stuff. That is just to train and to teach. Many times when I prophesy and as we will enter into prophecy, the angel of prophecy will be with me. And he will move and he will stand. And one day I'll share his name and so on and he'll stand by the person. Then there's an angel of glory that will come in that comes in our conferences. We will just look at somebody and they will not know I'm looking at them and the glory would begin to fall on them. And the anointing will begin to fall on them. Some prophecies are going to be nice tonight. Some are not going to be nice. But both will deliver. Okay. For those watching us. Go with you to Galatians 3 verse 1. Let's see what the Lord is doing. It's the, almost the last evening of December. And still a lot of people in the rain. This morning was packed. Tonight for December. Many churches close their church services. Evening services. We don't do it. So we can get all the people from the other churches. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But we don't close now. We don't close on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a December evenings. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works or of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Sorry, Spirit by the works of the law, or by did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Change it for me. Say in the grace, having begun in the grace of God, and you are now being made perfect by the flesh. Change it to the law. Say the law having been made perfect by the law. He said, what is this thing that you started with a honeymoon with God when it was goodness and grace? Oh, you could watch television, all of a sudden the voice of the Lord will come to you and you would go and pray and you experience His presence. But now you try to make yourself perfect, spiritual, by the law. You will try to read the words and pray out of a fleshly, soulish, law, legalistic way. And you try to maintain and keep your salvation. The only one that can keep your salvation is the one who saved you. There's no requirement for salvation except your faith in Jesus Christ. 
the handwriting of requirement against our lives has been erased, has been wiped away. Am I giving you a license to sin? You had a license to sin before you came here. Don't be foolish. Some people said, oh no, thank you. I'm going to commit adultery. I said, go ahead, enjoy. Stupid person. Morons. Fools. Paul's language. Let's go to Jesus' language. Perverts. Pedophiles. Snakes. Whitewashed tombs. Faithless generation. Somebody said, I said, I bought a big Christmas tree. Would Jesus really saying that? He would say much more. <laughs> he would say, you are a pervert. You whitewashed tomb. You act like good on the, uh, not you now, but unless if the shoe fits. <laughs> if the shoe fits, you'll be stiff now. You'll be uncomfortable. The, um... constipated Christians <laughs> okay they sit stiff they cannot laugh in church they cannot rejoice they go stiff there's no joy until we push in the what do you call it enema So don't be self-righteous, not around us. Self-righteousness around us will say, oh, this Christmas tree. Blah, blah. In the meantime, you are in pornography. You are drinking, beating your husband, wife, whatever these days. But uh, um, you're full of sin like that. Judging me. Uh, 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 as I said, there's people that have taken offense that is here. Deal with your offense before next year comes, please. I will offend you. That is okay. Say with me, oh foolish Galatians. Bewitchment is not false prophets. Bewitchment is legalism. It's the law. And there's a wave of grace that is coming because this horrible deliverance thing that broke out, which is great, we do deliverance. Listen, in the commercialized Christianity, when I say commercialized Christianity, this is now all these ones that is, you know, that we were in for a little while. For them, it's all exciting. It's the first time they sing Deliverance. We've been doing it for many years, please. You know, it's not the first time or anything like that. We've been doing Deliverance for many years. The devil knows my voice. God knows my voice, which is more important. Um... So, bewitchment is legalism. I love to preach on a Sunday night. I'm going to prophesy because I know there's hungry people that are here. This morning is okay. Everybody comes. People come out of religion, the tradition, and so on. It's okay. But, um, uh, 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 and yes, we did put the Christmas trees on foot to offend people there. That was the reason. Because we will provoke you. Go to me, Acts 13, verse 39. Let's just go and see what God is doing. Acts 13, verse 39. I just threw this together just before I came in here just to, just to, um, just something that I hear this for the Lord saying to me. And by Him all that believe are justified from all things. 
I'm going to say, read it for me. Say, and by him. Stop there. Does it say some things? You are justified, acquitted. He is not imputing sin upon you. You are justified of all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Go Colossians 2 verse 14. Colossians 2 verse 14. Blotting out, put it in the King James Version for me. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. John 1 verse 17, go one John 1 verse, John, John 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but, say with me, but, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It doesn't say a balance of grace and the law. You know how many preachers came to me say, you must have a balance, Leon. No, shut up with your balance. Jesus came with good news. He said there's no balance. In fact, he said the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Pharisees, which is the, what do you call it that makes bread rise? Which is the yeast, the law that has come in. He said, in fact, that mixture must be removed. So the church is not, listen, Jesus, sin is not an issue with Him anymore. Sin is no issue with God. God does not have an issue with sin. Are we saying you can sin? Don't be foolish. Not sinning is your sanctification process. I'm speaking about justification. But if you can't get your justification right, you will never enter into sanctification. Because you can only be sanctified when He works in you, both to will and to good, for His good pleasure, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. But He works in you. And this thing, your name shall be removed out of the Lamb's book of Shush. Nowhere does it say that. Have you seen it quickly? I think it's Revelation 2. Is that right? Let's, let's, let me read you what people think God is saying. And let me read you what God is really saying. Is it this one? No. 17, 7, what verse is it? Or wherever. Overcome righteous book of life. Can't even get it on Google. I'll get it in two seconds. Huh? You what? What is slow? Revelation 3, verse 5. In two seconds. What's your problem? Let me read to you what people think. He that doesn't, he that overcomes. The same shall be clothed in wild remnant. I will, I will, people, put in the New King James in this one. Just for certain wording I want to use here. He overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. 
and I will, people think, and I can remove his name from the book of life. Does it say that? Read it. He who overcomes. Stop there. Have you, who are overcomers in Christ Jesus? Who are clothed with white robes, which is righteousness. Which means you don't attain righteousness. You have been made the righteousness of God. So he says, you who overcome and have been made the righteousness, I will not blot your name out of the book of life. Are you guys with me? Listen, unforgiveness will not even keep you out of heaven. That is how good God is. Have your seats. Are you guys with me? I know it clashes. I know, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, these big pastors will phone me and I just don't take their call because I know why they're phoning me. Why did you preach this? Why is this on your, on your Facebook? The closer you get to God, the more you understand His grace. I am not a preacher who has fallen into sin and then preaching grace. There are many who has fallen into sin. Oh, there are many that act like everything is fine. And if you, if you have to pull away the curtain, you will be shocked. If I have to tell you the adultery in Christianity, the homosexuality, I'm speaking in ministry, the homosexuality in ministry, I think one minister was just removed recently. Um, the incredible sin, why? Let me tell you why. Not because they are evil. Not because they are evil. They cannot understand grace. So there's a revival of sin where there's the law. There's a revival of sin. So that preacher performs, performs, acts, acts, pretends, pretends. But brother, when it comes to December holiday, that two weeks off, the bottles of alcohol comes out. I know, I know what I'm talking about. The other woman comes in. Things begin to happen. Why? They had to pretend and live under the law. And the Bible says where there's the law, there's a revival of sin in an area. So now when the pressure cooker begins to cook, and it just pops at a certain time. There is a revival of sin takes place. Now everybody calls them evil. It's not like that. No, no, no. It's just that we're under the law. Are you guys with me? So no, I'm not a preacher who has fallen into sin and suddenly preaching and having a revelation of grace. I've always had this revelation. I was just waiting until the right time to preach it. And then this whole year we preached to you new creation realities. Are you guys with me? New creation realities is a whole nother level. A whole nother thing. Kainos. A new creation. Superhuman. Beyond the limitations of this world. Extraterrestrial. That is who you are. If you understand and tap into that new created identity. You understand that sin is no longer even an issue for you. I am not sin conscious. I don't sit and think every day. What sin I've committed, I can't, rem I can't remember. 
lost, I thought of a son. I want to give you that freedom. Because of many Christians that are sin conscious and not righteousness conscious. I cannot remember, listen to me. I cannot remember the last time I thought of if I committed a sin or not. What a miserable life it must be to be so bound. Am I saying you can sin? No. And the church is not ready, even encountered is not ready to speak to you about Colossians where it speaks about that the body of sins has been cut off from you. I mean, you are not ready for that one. To say that the sin is in the flesh and not in the spirit. You are not ready because you're all going to go and sin. So I have to wait till you are thoroughly in love with Jesus before I can give you that truth. Are you guys with me? And let me tell you, when since I started preaching grace, it went like a wildfire. Some attack, some took it secretly, some took it, began to preach it openly, but people grabbed it. Trust me, ministers all over grabbed it because there will be no Christian in hell. Sin will never send you to hell. Only not accepting Jesus Christ, which is of course a sin. And then if you don't have Jesus, you'll be judged under the law according to your sin. That I know, that's, that I understand. But when you are a Christian, you're not going to go to hell for your sins. You, in fact, there's no judgment against you. Sin is not imputed to you. No judgment will be for you. There will be a day of rewards. That is why you should even be more convicted. To know not to be embarrassed on that day. To know, God, I want to do the best for you. Because I want to get the best prize, the best rewards. When I stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ, which is a prize-giving seat, the Bema seat of Christ. Are you guys with me? You know, it's amazing. I say to people, you know, we preach about offense. Have your seats and people are a little bit offended. You know, they, they battle. Because it's not good news. It's necessary. But when you preach good news, people are out of their chairs and they stand up. But in the Galatians church, somebody came in with bad news. Mm, are you guys with me? And God sends His prophets to the church to remove mixture. Say with Him, mixture. So listen here, He says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Meaning the law was given through a servant, but grace and truth came through a son. Are you guys with me? The law talks about what a man ought to do and ought to be. Grace reveals who God is in a man. In the first miracle, Moses turned water into blood, resulting in the covenant of death. In the first miracle that Jesus did of grace was turning water not into blood, but turning water into wine. Speaking about the Spirit and life and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So you have the letter that kills and the Spirit that gives life. Are you guys with me? Under the law, God demands righteousness from sinful, bankrupt men. Under grace, He gives you righteousness. 
as a free gift. Under the law, you touch His glory and you die. Under grace, you touch His glory and there's healing and life. And the prostitute was caught in the act of adultery, was thrown at his feet. And he said, where are your accusers? And she says, they are no longer here, Lord. And he says, no longer do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Meaning, you are in a no condemnation zone. When you are in the presence of God, when you are in His glory, there is goodness. There's not a taint of condemnation. There's not a hint and a drop of condemnation. He is a God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ, there is therefore now no, say with me, no condemnation. Full stop. The rest of the sentence that your Bible is, is King James' insecurity that he added in. Put it up, Romans 8 verse 1. Are you guys with me? So I'm going to get, don't worry, we're going to prophesy. God will deliver people. You'll receive prophecy. And we won't be too, we'll, we'll go, whatever the Holy Spirit does tonight. Read this for me. There it is. Full stop right there. The rest who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Do you see now it becomes a condition? That was King James's insecurity. Go study it. His, whatever you call it, um, interpreters, scholars, whatever, that was interpreting the scripture from the Greek or Aramaic, whatever, to, to English, could not comprehend. The grace of God being without condition. So they looked a little bit further on where it does speak about walking according to the spirit and the flesh, but not as a condition. And they added it in. And the Bible says, if you go look at your footnotes of the scripture, it says this part is omitted and should not be in the manuscripts. So there is no condemnation. That is why when you sit under preaching, it should be good news. It is not a license to sin. Let me tell you, if you understand the goodness of Jesus Christ and the goodness of God, you would not want to sin. It's proven psychologically. It's proven mentally. In every area that people do the opposite. So Jesus came. And even says, go with me to John chapter number, where is it? Is it 20 verse 22? Was it 22 verse 23? Let's go 22 verse 23. John 22 verse 23. Let's see what it says. John 22. If there is a John 22. There's not a John 22. Then it must be John 20. Verse 23, I don't know. Let's see. Yes. Read for me this verse. Go ahead and read it. If you... Hold on. So not 
only have you been given the power to heal. You have been given the power as an ambassador to forgive sins. Do you know you can take someone and say, go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven and light will come into them. And they are forgiven because there is this hope that is in us. This hope of glory. This mystery that Christ is in us and amongst us. So Christ doesn't come down to forgive sin. He's using you as an ambassador and a representative that he says you can choose not to forgive somebody and they will not be forgiven. Or you can choose to forgive somebody and they will be forgiven. Do you know how much power you have been entrusted with? When, this is why the commandment is that when you sit with somebody and they ask you to forgive them, that you must forgive them. Because if you don't, you hold them into bondage and their sins are not forgiven them. I'm preaching new creation realities. It'll offend a lot of people. Have your seats. Have your seats. I'm just speaking grace and I'm just giving you Bible. Get the Sunday school religion out of your head. Are you guys with me? I can confuse you much more with the Bible, but I'll, uh, I'll calm down a little bit in that regard. So where were we? So say with me mixture. So, so, so a prophet is sent to remove mixture, meaning that, go there Matthew 9 verse 16. I'm just going wherever the Holy Spirit is leading. Matthew 9 verse 16. People on the internet was probably going to be freaking out. No, it's okay. He says he is Jesus. I never said it. I said Christ in us and among us. You are not Christ. We are Christ. Please understand the truth. Otherwise you're going to error. And anybody that is in error is deceived and they do not know that they are in error. No one puts a piece of an unshrink cloth, unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Nobody mixes garments. For this patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Next verse. Nor do they put new wine, kainos wine, into old wineskins. Or else the wineskin break, the wine is spilled. And the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Jesus explained that he did not come to repair or reform an old institution of Judaism, but to bring a new covenant. And he said the new covenant cannot improve the old and isn't just an improvement of the old but it replaces the old and while the old is there the new cannot be poured out so it requires the old to become new for the new to become poured out that is why if any man be in Christ is no longer is he is now a new creation all things have passed away and all things have become new has become kainos 
kainos. The other place where you'll find the word kainos is new wineskins. He says, I cannot put a move of God out because the old has to go. So even in this nation, they are all that has to go before a move of God is poured out. Because the old will inevitably, without being able to do anything about it, limit the move of God and stop the move of God. So when God wants to bring a new revelation, they will persecute it. When God wants to bring a new move, they will persecute it. Are you guys with me? When God wants to choose to use a vessel that they don't approve of, they will persecute it. So he's saying, I have to remove the old completely in order that the new wine can be poured out, that a new move can be poured out, a kainos, a movement that has never seen before, never existed before. Mm. That is extraterrestrial, celestial, out of this world, coming from another kingdom. Meaning that once God's kingdom rule and power begins to manifest, you have seen little even though you have seen angels. When you begin to see the powers of the age to come, that will manifest. And the wonders of the age to come, that will manifest in a place. We will enter into realms. You will open up your Bible, you will see gold lying there. Listen to my words. You don't see a little bit of gold here, gold there, gold there, gold there. You will see gold on parts of your body, you will see gold in the Bible in verses. Once you tap into heaven and the wonders and the powers of the age to come, you become the invincibility of God, where they can put a gun against you and shoot and nothing happens. But you have to be kainos. You cannot be in an old system and receive the new. So many people sitting in an old religious church, and guess what? They come to us, oh, Prophet Leon, I want to prophesy like you. I'm a youth pastor by this church, there, 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 somewhere, whatever. And I want to prophesy and I say, you will never prophesy like me. Because if the root is holy, the whole branch will be holy. But if the root is not holy, the whole branch, meaning that the oil comes from the top. Unless you leave and you come here, you cannot. Your eyes will not be opened. I'm very sorry to speak Bible truth to you. Your eyes cannot be opened. Are you guys with me? Because you're submitting under an anointing that doesn't even believe in it and even persecutes it. Or you're sitting under an anointing that thinks I'm a witch or a warlock, but you want to have my gift. God does not work like that. So Jesus is saying, I have to remove the old so that I can pour out the new. Because what will we do if he comes like a wave in this place? And some begin to prophesy, some begin to lay hands and do deliverance, not out of order, but by a move of the Spirit. Am I going to stop it or am I going to discern a move of God and feel what the Holy Ghost is doing? There are too many churches, even as a guest speaker, I would cast out devils in their church. And they'll say to me, it shouldn't be done in the auditorium. Or some would come and pacify the little demon. And they would come and hug the little demon. And they would say to us, oh no, just hug the person. No, it's a devil. Why are you hugging a devil or pacifying a devil? 
you cast out a spirit. You have no spiritual sight to even see what is a devil or what is a person. This is a new creation, a kainos creation, a Christ generation, the 42nd generation, the generation that is missing in the Bible that has been hidden for a time such as this, which Isaiah saw and he said, I saw a people that will come in a great light that the fire of God will be upon them. They will walk in power. They'll work, walk in an anointing. They'll walk in authority. That's where Abadiah said, I see deliverers and savers coming from Mount Zion. For you are a city on a hill. You are a city. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You are a city. My father has gone. I have gone to create a mansion in heaven because my father has a mansion with many rooms. You are that mansion. For you have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living gods, innumerable angels, the spirits of just men made perfect, the registered church in heaven. We have come. Say with me, have come. Not going to go or marching to Mount Zion. No, we have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living gods. Who is that city? You are that city. Who is that light? He is the father of lights. You are the light. You are the city. The city in you can be expanded by the grace that is expanded. When God increases grace upon your life, He increases the city that is in you. So now you become a dwelling place where others can come and dwell in you. You become an adherent and a mantle where others can come and abide under and live in and your grace is stretched. Are you guys with me? Serve in Mount Zion, the mother of us all. Do you know you have a mother? Have you seen? It's not Mother Earth. Paul said, What did he say? He said, Hagar is like Mount Sinai, and we preached on this message. And what's the other woman's wife? Sarai is like New Jerusalem, is like Jerusalem, New Jerusalem, who is the mother of us all. When you were born again, you came out of a womb. You came out of the womb of New Jerusalem. Because you were born from above, born again out of the womb of the city that's going to come from above, the mother of us all. Am I saying now there's a fourth person to the Trinity? No. But it would almost seem like that because Paul uses it as an allegory. But I'm not saying that, I'm not confusing that. It's just that the Bible, Paul says the mother of us all. In fact, it's even a capital M, isn't it? Just put it up for me. Galatians 4, 26. Maybe not. Maybe it is. One translation I saw. 
sorry, small m. Go one verse back. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with the children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. No one can give birth coming out of a father. So God had to create something, even though it's all-sufficient, self-sufficient, doesn't require anyone. Hmm? The other one is a free woman, the bond woman, the law and grace. And you are saved by grace through faith. Hold on. You are saved by Sarah through Abraham. That was the allegory. Because Abraham is the father of faith. Sarah is the mother of grace. So we are saved by grace through faith. Grace, faith, births, born again, births, salvation. Just like faith, patience, births, a promise. You need two to birth one. Just like the spirit and the flesh birthed the soul. We will relax. We, we, let's go to... Are you guys with me? What am I preaching? I'm just going new creation realities, new creation realities, new creation realities. These are things that people are scared to touch on. Let's go to... Um, let's go to Romans 11 verse 6. So we're speaking about the wineskins, that you cannot put new wine of grace into the old wineskin of the law. Grace can never have a balance of law. Never. Romans 11 verse 6 says, And if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. God never rested on the seventh day. I'm going to say it again. God never rested on the seventh day. I know your Bible says it. But one day is as a thousand years in the courts of the Lord. One day is as a thousand. God never rested on the seventh day after He made man. Because he still came down and had to convey with Abraham, have a board meeting with Abraham, have a boardroom meeting with Moses. He still had to come down and kill Korah and all everybody around them. Still had to come down and kill 180,000 others. Still had to come down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Visit Abraham in person as a theophany, walking with two angels next to him. He's not resting. He was working. But when his son came, in Luke 4:18. And he opened up the scroll at a place where the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to open up the eyes of the blind, da, 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 and he goes on and on. And the Bible says he closed the book and he sat down and they became angry at him. They didn't become angry for what he read. 
they became angry for the act that he did after he closed the book. He walked to a chair that was on a stage or where they were standing and reading the scriptures from that was reserved for the coming of the Messiah. No one was allowed to sit on that chair. So he would close the book and he walked and he sat on that chair. And the moment he sat on that chair, he prophetically said, God is entering into a stage of rest, but I'm also the Messiah that is coming. That is why when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. And God rested from that moment on because his son finished the covenant. He never worked from that moment onwards. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You never even heard God speak audibly from that moment onwards. You see you never heard God speak audibly. When I say audibly, audibly that everybody can hear him, what he was saying. When he would speak, he would speak to Paul and people would hear a noise. Because from that moment God rested, am I speaking cessation? No, please not. We believe in the gifts and we will show it just now. So, 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 but you see God entering into a stage of rest. When I say audibly, I'm speaking of uh, corporately, audibly from that moment whenever we see God speaks it says the Holy Spirit speaks in a man because now he found a dwelling place amongst you now for the first time he dwells in you no longer on you in the old covenant he dwelt on some in the new covenant, you are his dwelling place. In the old covenant, there was a temple built with the hands of man, with the hands of humans. In the new covenant, the temple is built with the hands of God, who you are, the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you are his dwelling place. You are the, if you want to, a lot of people try to go to their rooms and lift their hands to heaven and say, God, I want to try to reach you and pray and God is in you. So I would dare to say that many people pray to an imaginary God in, heaven, in, in, sorry, in the sky. Heaven is also an imaginary place that people have made up in the, according to their own mind. That's not according to Scripture. They made a fantasy place somewhere in the clouds. The Bible says you are already in heaven. You are seated in heavenly places. The duality of a Christian. The duality of a believer. Because in heaven, do you know if you die right now, you exit time. And then you can see your life past, present, and future, and you can still see yourself living in the past. So right now you're already judged. Seeing yourself already. Get out of time. That is why the Bible speaks about predestination. Because you're already, you already here. That is why when you make a decision, you have peace in a certain area. Because your spirit was already there. It's called the predestination. That is why you have deja vu. Because when you come there, your spirit recognizes, I've been here before. I'm in the perfect will of God. I visited this place before. It's a predestination. You want to be, you are predestined. 
to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. You are predestined, justified, glorified. Are you guys with me? Predestined. Put it on Romans chapter number uh, 8 verse 38, 36. Let's read from 36. I'm not here to preach on predestination which is a very tough subject without touching Calvinism, but let's speak on one point Calvinism. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed by day. Next verse. Uh, next verse. For I... No, 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 it's not this one. 26, 28. Why are you not helping me? 28, go to 28. One, one verse back. Verse 28, let's read from verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Not for everyone. To them that love God, but not only that, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So I explained the whole process to you if you were in the message two weeks ago. So, and I explained to you what it is. What did I preach on? I preached on something. What was the name of the service? I preached on the steps, stages of, no, not stages of offense. No, 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 no. The blessing of God. Before you come to the blessing of God, you get into the purpose. You get into a place when God visits you. What happens when God visits you? So you get into a place where everything thrown at you is turned for your good. But it is like stage five or stage six. Then you become a blessing. Then you become a commanded blessing. Then you become an irreversible blessing. Are you guys with me? But it takes, not everyone is in this place. That's why not, this scripture is not for everyone. This scripture is only for those who are in His purpose. David said, the lines have fallen for me on pleasant places. What was he saying? He said, I don't know what it is. Life is just working out for me. Whatever I do, it is just working. I have good luck here, good luck there, good luck here. The Bible even says that God liked me and that's why He made me king to David. God ratsat me, liked me, and therefore He made me king. The lines have fallen for me on pleasant places. How does the lines fall on pleasant places for you when you're in His purpose? How do you get in His purpose? You say yes to the call of God. You serve in a corporate purpose. You serve until God approves you. God hasn't approved everyone. Acts chapter number 2 verse 22. Put it on for me. Is it 222? Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. It doesn't say the Son of God approved of God. It says a man. So God approves a man. God approves your humanity to create the divinity. Are you guys with me? Because there's a divine nature that you can tap into. That we are partakers of His divine nature. But not everyone, those who are called according to the purpose, 
those who have stepped into the purpose and their spirit has stepped into the predestination that God has for them, meaning they had a conversation with God before, they lived there before, they were there before, now they simply come into alignment where they were before. Go back to where we were, the verse somewhere, Romans 8 somewhere, 828. And we know all things work together for the good, not for everyone, those who are in His purpose. Next verse. Your purpose is not your own business. Your purpose is not looking after your own family. The purpose of God is the kingdom of God. The purpose of God is reconciliation, man back to God. It's the ministry of reconciliation. It's getting into the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God. That is the purpose of God. This thing of, oh, I'm in my calling, I'm a doctor. No, you are being a good steward with what God has given you to look after your family in this short little life called a drop in eternity, but it's going to do nothing to do with it, with, with eternity, with, with, with after this life. Only the things of the kingdom has to do with it. Trust me. But please get a job, get a profession, get a business, become rich, so that you can at least enjoy here and be a blessing to others. Because otherwise you are also useless in this life and the life you're after. For whom, so he says, those who are called according to my purpose, that all things worked out together for the good. Doesn't matter what happens. Everything works out. You want to be in that covering. I spoke about the cloud. I spoke about the force field that comes around you. And when you're that force field, everything thrown at you is turned for your good. Every curse spoken against you is turned into a blessing. Every word of judgment spoken against you, you shall condemn. For whom, those in the purpose, whom he did for new, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Next verse. Moreover, moreover, those whom he did predestinate, those ones that are in his purpose, those ones he predestinates, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And this is where new creation realities comes in. Whom he justified, he also glorified. Which means if you are in the purpose of God, you understand predestination. You can walk in the glorification of God for your life. Meaning your face can shine like Jesus' face shone on the mountain. Like Moses' face shone on the mountain. You can be in a glorified state. You can be in a place of such favor. Ah, if people can tap into this thing. You can only get there if God granted you that grace. Listen to me, have your seats. You can only grow as far as what your calling is. You can only have encounters to what you are called to. You will only hear God to the degree and the grace that you are called to. So a lot of people want what somebody else has, but they can never have it by the sovereignty of God. They can never have it. Are you guys with me?
So there is a mixture that has come in. Say with me, a mixture that has come into the church. That God uses His prophets to begin to remove a mixture. The mixture is law and grace. Say with me, law and grace. Under the law, God said, I will by no means clear the guilty, but I will visit their sins to the third and fourth generation. Under grace, He said, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Grace can never be balanced by the law. Go to 2 Kings 4 verse 38. So God sends His prophets to remove mixture. They will look like they are on polar opposites. They will even look new age. They will look like they are preaching something that is out of balance. But they are cleaning a mixture. It says, And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth, a famine in the land. And the sons of the prophets, so did the sons of the prophets, were sitting before him. This is the type and shadow of Jesus sitting with the disciples sitting around him, sitting before him. And he said unto his servants, Sit on the great pots and seeth pottage for the sons of the prophets. This is the story of the 5,000 where he says, go and get them something to eat. Everything Jesus came to do, he was fulfillment of scripture, but was also already done before. That is why when John came, it was not John who came. It was Elijah who came. Jesus said, you ask, as Elijah come, I said to you, he has come already. For John was Elijah. Oh, you are silent on this one. They're waiting for the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Elijah. No, Elijah already came in John. A spirit is different from a soul. Are you with me? A spirit is different from a soul. Very different. So the spirit of Elijah came in John. That's why when they looked at John, they saw Elijah. He came eating honey and locusts, dressed in camel's hair, looking exactly like Elijah. So what was he doing? He was imitating. So dare I say that when Jesus says, who do men say that I am? They said, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are one of the prophets. They believed that the spirit of a prophet could be reincarnated. I'm not speaking of reincarnation as in another life, but could come upon somebody. That is why you must find yourself in the Bible. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. You must open up the pages and find yourself and say, I am a David. So that is why I have certain trajectory or a qualification or a certain characteristic upon my life. When it comes to it's like how I live is exactly like Daniel. Then you begin to understand predestination. Are you guys with me? Or is this too much now for encounter? Have, have your seats. 
This is, this is too much now. This shouldn't even be online. They believed as a Jewish belief that the spirit of a prophet could be born into another person. They believed it. That's why they say to Jesus, now some think you're Jeremiah. Others think you're Elijah. But who, okay, that's what they say. But who do you say that I am? No, you're the son of God. Who was Jesus before? He was the angel of death who killed all the firstborn. You're loving Jesus. He was an angel. That is... That is why Peter's angel looked like him. But anyway, what's this got to do with the gospel? Nothing really, so we'll get attacked. It is just interesting of me just giving you spiritual realities of what I said if I have a discussion with God or talk or think about, hear about when I'm in my place where a portal is in my house where God visits me. When God visits me, His angels come they sit, they stand, they are there. Even my kids know if they go there, God is there. I promise you. My children know. If they go into a place that I have in my house, that's where the angels live. That's where they are. I can walk anytime in there and the angels are there. A visitation of God upon your life will always leave a residue. So it'll always leave a place where you can encounter him again. That is why Abraham built an altar at Bethel. Abram, Isaac, Jacob. And Jacob again met God at Bethel. Because the residue of that encounter that was left behind. Are you guys with me? Whenever you encounter God, there's a residue that comes. His glory. That is why the more we encounter him here, there's a residue that is here. A residue of a visitation. The residue of encounters. Others can experience the residue of encounters on you. But when we are legalistic, when we are worried about whether Jesus is going to come into your house, whether it's a Christmas tree or not, for goodness sake, He's better than a tree. The devil is better than a tree. I, I'm not going to give the devil any glory. But don't limit the devil... By that, you'll come in much more subtle ways into your life. The last thing you have to be worried about is a Christmas tree. Trust me. The very last thing you have to be worried about is a Christmas tree. The thing you have to be worried about is two things, religion, tradition, and the agenda that they're bringing in worldwide to mutilate your kids, to brainwash your children, which is starting March this year coming in the schools, by the way, without your knowledge, without your signature. I promise you, the curriculum is shifting March because we're on the meetings. Without your approval, 
they are shifting this thing and they'll be brainwashing your children. Destroy them when it comes to their belief and they'll begin to desensitize them towards transgenderism, towards... And what is happening is your child is going to sit under the teacher for eight hours and sit under you for two hours. Who is he going to believe? So those are the things you really have to worry about. Some people say, oh no, but children, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, I say to some people that be doing something, like, oh, you know, your children, uh, they'll be tough, they'll survive. Listen, a children is an innocent soul whose soul is not yet fixed in their body, at least up until the age of 9, 10. Their soul is still here. So every word spoken to them is a reality. That is why perpetrators take a child at a young age and destroy them because their soul right there is vulnerable and can be shifted and fractured. Are you guys with me? So let's go on. Let's put the verse on. I don't want to go off track. I'm just... And Elisha came again, and there was death, and there was a famine, and the sons of the prophets were standing before him, and said unto him, and he said, we must grow a pot and all these things, and make, and he said to one of the sons of the prophet, put a pot, a pot on for the sons of the prophets. Make a stew. Next verse. And one went out into the field to gather herbs. Now listen to this. Listen to this. And one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. Now, first of all, a pot. Say with me, a pot. A pot speaks of two things, three things. A pot speaks of judgment. A pot speaks of you as a vessel. But here the Bible says a great pot was set, which is speaking of a congregation. Are you guys with me? And one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine, which is another, which is similar to heteros, and gathered thereof wild gods into his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage. For they knew them not. So with you, they knew them not. This is symbolic and a type of shadow of a gospel that was going to come into the church when Paul was preaching. When Paul was giving the good news that others whom they knew not would come in and sow other seeds, bring another gospel. And Paul says, whoever preaches another, a heteros, another of a different kind, not another of the same kind, another of a different kind, another gospel to you, whether it be an angel of heaven, let him be accursed. Who was Paul speaking about? Legalists. The preacher that says, <laughs> the preacher that says, if you don't come to church, you're going to go to hell. If you don't read your Bible, you're going to lose your salvation. You never read your Bible in the first place to earn your salvation. You're never going to keep it by reading your Bible. You might live a better life. But trust me, there's one and one person only. It's called the keeping power of God that can keep you. His name is Jesus Christ. The very essence of the word Savior means that you have nothing in yourself to save you and to keep 
yourself saved, which means the moment you are saved, you are assured and sealed with the Holy Ghost as a guarantee and a down payment. And the Holy Spirit ain't going to hell. So when God made the deposit and the down payment, He knew by assurance that you are in heaven. Because the Bible says that we have the best advocates. We have the best lawyer judging our case in heaven. Are you guys with me? So if I say I can lose my salvation, then I say Jesus is a bad lawyer. He's a failed his advocacy. Have your seats. He failed his law exam or, or trial. He failed a court case. All this nonsense, let's get to the courts of heaven. I know I'm offending some of you right now. There's only one thing when it comes to the courts of heaven. Two things. There's the one where Jesus is right now and where you will stand in the courts of heaven and He will be your advocate and your lawyer. And then there's another one which is only prophets who are allowed into the counsel of God. What is the difference between a true prophet and a false prophet? A true prophet stands in the counsel of God. Then, and as I'm preaching, Boris is speaking to me about people, so I'm just making a note, so we're going to prophesy now. So this thing of, let's go to the courts of heaven and defend our case. We're going to bring our case before the Lord, and we're going to fight our case. I know I'm offending much of you. Just repent of your religion. And the nonsense, money-making things that is out there. Just repent. It's, it's fine. If you don't want to repent, you have pride. You can go to some flag-waving church that believes in this. Okay. You don't have to go to heaven to plead your case. You have the best advocate that has already pleaded your case. He was already, he was already on the cross. Judgment was already made against your sin. The case was pleaded. The devil lost. He's dethroned, destroyed, defeated. The war is over. God is not fighting Satan. Trust me. The only enemy against God is religion, not the devil. That is why we can cast him out easy. That is why if I speak to a devil, the way I know it is a devil, they have to obey. If a soul comes out or the person comes out and mixing and don't, it's not a, it's not a demon. We were this morning in, in Krugersdorp. We, we delivered a young man. He was trying to attack me and grab me a few weeks back and punch me. And he couldn't. And he began to hit the floor until his hand broke. And he had to get surgery. So his parents brought him for freedom. I said, look, he got his freedom. They said, uh, I said, I'm very sorry that he ended up like that. They said, they don't care. It was worth it. They had to rush him to the hospital. I promise you, we were standing there. He wanted to hit me in the face. He couldn't. And he began to hit the floor until his hand broke, shattered. And they had to take him to the hospital. The devil will destroy you. It was the spirit of rage in him. They casted it out. He was there today, prophesied over him. He showed me the scar. 
prophesied over him. I actually didn't give him a word that I should have given him, but this one prophesied over his whole family. Well, the whole family came. When, but how do I know when somebody's a demon? That thing cannot touch you. If it is thing is touching, it's a person. We touch your heart back. I have done some things that is not very ethical. When somebody tried to come and make a show, we're laying hands once and somebody acted like they had a demon because the church were preaching and didn't have much authority and were playing around with sin. So the devils couldn't really be maintained. So the souls of the people would come out and this person and David was there and I began, to, and this person was like now tackling me and all this nonsense and acting like it's a demon. So I just thought that okay, the only solution here is to begin to punch the person. It's the only solution. Nobody knew it. It was in a circle of fire. Circle of fires are dangerous. Okay. Now this person has this defense. So I just thought I'm gonna like with my knuckle in the ribs the whole time. And I hit and eventually the person stopped. It's a person, it's not a demon. And many times people have mental illness and sickness that they want to pretend and put on a show. I know when I look into the eyes of a demon, it shifts very quickly. I know when the demon is there. Now sometimes it can be the demon, the person, the demon, the person, the demon, the person. And then you just get the demon out until you can talk to the demon. It's very simple. But a demon has no power, no jurisdiction. Why do people come into your house and maybe kill you or something like that? Because it's the agency of free will that God has given man. That God has given man such free will that man can even kill other men. That's the degree of free will that God has given man. Are you guys with me? So where are we? So they, he took, he got some herbs which they knew not. Another gospel has come into the church which is not known. It is the gospel of legalism. It is a strange thing coming in. Go to Galatians 1 verse 6. I'm almost finished. Galatians 1 verse 6. Then I'm going to pray for you. Then we prophesy. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So it be another gospel. One who we don't know. Which is not another but there be same that trouble you. He's saying, he's speaking about heteros and allos and he's going between those. And would pervert the gospel of Christ. Legalism perverts the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Meaning, if anybody is coming and saying you have to have works, that faith without works is dead. That's different works. It's not works for salvation. You cannot work your way into heaven. And there are heretical error preachers that preach this thing. They might say you're saved by grace, but now they say, you know, you have to maintain it by good works. No. Let me give you a good news. There is no good works required of you. But if you're truly saved, He works in you good works. He has ordained you and predestined you unto good works. It is going to automatically work in you. It is called the energeo of God. 
the virtue power, the energy of heaven that works in you. Meaning, you're just going to want to pray for somebody. You're going to want to just read your word. You're going to want to pray. But now you're saying, but I don't feel that. It's because your flesh is too alive. So one thing you have to do, you have to kill your flesh. You have to kill this thing where sin abides in. And that is the sanctification process. And as you kill that flesh, the spirit will become alive. The spirit will become stronger. Are you guys with me? Many churches, I can promise you now, will preach like this in the first 10 minutes, I would have lost them already. But you are able to contain it because you are mature. You have received revelation that has stretched the capacity of your spirit. I can preach to you, and I don't have to, but I can preach to you till midnight, and your spirit will still receive because you're sitting under the grace of a prophet. Very simple. It is the capacity and the wiring of your spirit that is, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is determined by the grace that is imparting to you. Some churches, I would have lost them an hour ago already now to close the service because their spirits aren't able to receive or eat or digest. The food is too thick. Are you guys with me? Jesus said to his disciples, are you not leaving me either? They said, no, no, no. How can we leave you? You carry the words of life. What is the words of life? At the, 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 the lady at the well, the prostitute, the lady that slept with a lot of men at the well, he said to her, he said, he said uh, uh, there's a well, drink of this water and you'll never thirst again. She says, give me of the water that I may have it. I also want to have it that I may never thirst again. And the Bible says the very next verse, and he prophesied over her. So what is the waters of life? It is when prophecy comes straight from heaven. It is inspired. Oh my God. It will rejuvenate your spirit. Quicken your mortal body. Quicken your spirit. It will bring life to you. So what is the living waters? Yes, it's salvation. But it's prophecy. What is salvation? It is prophesied the whole Old Testament through. It is prophecy coming into fulfillment. Are you guys with me? The prophets of old, Isaiah and Jeremiah, saw you today. They were jealous, and the Bible says they saw the promise, but they could never enter it. God is not worried about your sin. Understand that your sin has been judged. Your past, present, and future. When you understand this grace, you would not want to sin. You'll be like me where I'm saying I'm literally not even thinking of sin. I don't, it's not in my mind. It's not in my conscience. I don't have a thing of, I messed up yet. If I do make a mistake, there is a little bit of a nudge and I apologize to the Lord and my fellowship is fixed. Immature, weak, young believers are sin conscious because their hearts are still condemning themselves. They're the process of sanctification. Are you guys with me? So what am I presenting to you? Why are we preaching this? And I preached it for the whole year. New creation realities. That you can be free. And free indeed. Don't let anybody rob you of your freedom in Christ. And all those accusers on the internet saying, Oh, you, you who are speaking about free, you are giving them license. No, 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 no. Freedom is being so free that sin is no longer sin to you. And please do not even think, Are we in a moral I think the biggest sin we have is these things on the stage. Okay. And you also have it in your home. Um,
I wish it's almost done. I wish it's. So where are we now? Yeah, he said, let him be a curse if anyone preaches another gospel to you. So what happened with the pot? They brought a mixture. So 2 Kings 4 verse 40. Go through to 2 Kings 4 verse 40. We're carrying on with the story. Almost done. 2 Kings 4 verse 40. So they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, Oh man of God, there is death in the pot. Man of God, there's death in this message. Man of God, there's death in the church. There's a ministry of condemnation, not the ministry of the spirit of life. There's a ministry of death. And they could not eat thereof. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The Bible says, by the law, death entered. By the Lord, death came. Paul even went as far. He says, hey, before the law, I didn't even know what sin was. I had no sin. I was not aware of it. But then the law came and it brought sin to me. It made me aware of sin. So in that, the law was good because it revealed sin to me. But it brought death itself. And then it brought a revival of sin into my life. Are you guys with me? Go to Romans 7 verse 9. Listen to this. Romans 7 verse 9. For I was alive. Say with me, alive. Without the law once. But when the law came, sin revived and died. Paul is saying, there was a time before the law when I was alive. So many Christians are dead because they allowed the law to come in. Go Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You will not have a license to sin. For you are not under the law, but under grace. When grace is preached properly, you will have no desire to sin. When I'm a preacher that preaches the law, I give you a license to sin. I am here holier than thou, and I think, oh, my church is so holy. They're all drinking around, sleeping around with one another. Because where the law is, sin has to be revived. The law of sin is the law. Are you guys with me? So are we preaching a greasy grace? Absolutely not. Are we preaching a hyper grace? Never. I'm preaching the good news. The gospel that Jesus came to give. The too good to be true news. And yes, you might test and go sin a little bit. But if you truly are saved, you will hear His voice. I always say, people say, I can't hear the voice of God. Go and sin. Go and sin. Go do something you're not supposed to. You'll be hearing His voice very quickly. You'll get a prophecy even. You'll hear him screaming, the Holy Ghost screaming in your heart. If you say, I don't hear the voice, I want to hear the voice of God. Lesson number one. I give you the license to go and sin, and you're gonna hear his you're gonna hear his voice. Okay. All the religious people will be taking this so serious because they don't even have common sense. They have no common sense. The devil has robbed them of their common sense, their humor, everything, their laughter, their joy. King David says, Return to me the joy of my salvation. Yeah. 
so go sin and you will hear his voice. If you don't hear his voice, it is a sign that you are not a child of God. So there are four signs to know that you are saved. Number one, because the word says so. Number two, because his spirit bears witness within my spirit that I'm saved. Number three, the discipline of God. I receive the discipline of God. Number four, I can hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. I do not talk to another, but my own hear my voice. They hear my voice. So those are the four signs according to scripture. Oh, sorry. And the fifth one, there's five. That you love the brethren. The Bible says by this we know that we have passed from death to life. That you love the brethren. That's it. It's not requirements. It's just to know that those things are there. I know I'm saved. I'm a child of God. God doesn't discipline an illegitimate child. He disciplines his child. So if you don't have the discipline of God upon you, you might not be a child of God or your salvation might have been a profession only and not a possession. So you might have professed the faith, sitting in the church, maybe your whole life and professed but never possessed. So you were a masquerading, a mannequin Christian, a fake Christian, never a real Christian. This is Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21 doesn't mean a backslider or a Christian. Gonna, no, no, no. It's somebody who thought they were a Christian, but they were not. So know your salvation. Know the assurance of your salvation. Know the God that we're preaching about. That's why I'm preaching the good news. Because it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Are you guys with me? So have your seats. Have your seats. So, so, so where are we? Um, let's go back to 2 Kings 4 verse 41. We're almost done with the story. Last verse. 2 Kings 4 verse 41. Or almost lost us. But he said, the prophet said, then bring meal, bring flour. And he called, bring grace. And he cast it into the pot. Or let me change it to what it actually means. Bring the bread of Christ. Which is grace and truth. The presence of Christ. The meal, the flour, the bread, the Christ. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, pour it out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pots. But remember, there were others that were already eaten some. And they already got sick. So there had to be a solution for them. Are you guys with me? So we will, let's get there. So he says, and there came a man from Balthasar, something. And brought... And brought the man of God bread of the first fruits. He brought him Christ. I'm going to say it again. He brought him Christ. Twenty loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, give unto the people those who had already eaten that they may eat. And his servitor said, what, what, why should I do this before any hundred men? He said again, give. People that they may eat, for they said, Thus says the Lord, they shall eat and they shall have left over, which is symbolic of the 5,000 that is fed, and there was left over 12 baskets. Are you guys with me? So when Jesus came, he was walking in the life of Elijah and Elisha and fulfilling every prophecy, everything that was prophesied from Zechariah. In fact, from he was fulfilling prophecies from, uh, from Abel unto John the Baptist from Abel unto John the Baptist 
He was fulfilling prophecies. Walking, fulfilling every single one, even coming in on a donkey with his feet on a colt. Riding in on a donkey on a, on a colt. The prophecy says in Zechariah that he shall come riding in on a donkey and a colt. To that specificity, he has fulfilled prophecy. Are you guys with me? Say with him, pots. So who is the pot? It is you. Go with me to, go with me to, where's this verse? Let's see. Um, go with me to Zechariah 14 verse 20. Zechariah 14 verse 20. So he's saying, Paul is saying, listen to the Galatian church. There's mixture that has come in. Somebody has preached mixture to you. The law and grace. There is no balance. There's no such thing as being working for your holiness. You are holy. In that day shall there be upon the bowels of the horses holiness unto the Lord. So with me, holiness unto the Lord. And the pots in the Lord's house and the vessels in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot, say with me, every vessel in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and see therein. And in that day there shall be no more Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts, which means there shall be no more mixture in the house of the Lord. Meaning that God sends his prophets, and this was Zechariah that was prophesying. He was speaking to Elisha who cleaned the pot and removed the mixture. It is prophets that comes and remove the mixture from your life. Prophets will preach a message of grace. Prophets will preach goodness. Prophets will preach the glory which carries goodness to you. Even if they prophesy and they expose something, it is there for your healing and your deliverance. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me? Have you have your seats? Have your seats. I'm gonna read this as lost, and then I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray prophesy over you. Let's go John 4 verse 10. Let's read John 4 verse 10. And then, okay, so John 4 verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Go into verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, the well there that was there. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here the either to draw again. She says, Give me this water. I want this water. Next verse, Jesus said, go prophesy to her. Go call thy husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, you have said, well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands 
and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband's, in that thou said truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. A prophet can only be perceived in order to be received. If you cannot perceive a prophet, you will never be able to receive from a prophet. Are you guys with me? If you cannot perceive a prophet, you will never be able to receive from a prophet. Meaning if you see me as a pastor, I'll be a great pastor to you. If you see me as a teacher, I might be a teacher to you. If you see me as Leon, I'll be Leon to you. Leon can do squat for you. Prophet Leon can do a lot for you because that's the gift of God. It is not myself, it is the grace, it is the gift. I promise you now. I will say things that will shock me. And we have come to the knowledge that when I prophesy, a lot of times, I've gotten so many testimonies just now actually of a great minister said, you prophesied this a year ago. On the day, a year later, we heard uh, this, or we got this news, or this prophecy got fulfilled. And then I began to ask people, how many a year later to the day received fulfillment for their prophecy? I'm telling you now, many hands will go up here. A year to the day. It is just a thing that God uses us in doesn't mean it can't come earlier it's just for some reason next year this time next year this time this time next year this day next year so if you can perceive the prophetic gift that is in your midst it will bring living waters to you i promise you now whether i know you or not when i prophesy over you I, don't, I can ask people, what is your name? And they can be in our church for eight years. I really don't stand. I'm seeing with a different eye, the eye of God. Some wise ones will call it the pineal gland, but let's leave that one for the school of the prophetic. That is not available to anyone or any other preacher or nothing. A third eye is not demonic. If you think a third eye is demonic, you can think this thing is demonic. Why do I say a third eye? I know it's going to upset a lot of people. It doesn't matter. Even your dog is a third eye. Anybody that has the ability to dream has a third eye. So I'm not speaking about a third eye that is opening by, by, by crystals in a demonic way to see demonically. No, no, no. I'm speaking of the capacity to dream which is a physical thing in your body, a literal physical eye. So let's get out of the religion because we will limit God so that we think when angel Gabriel comes, he must come with his golden wings and sit by us. No, he's going to come like Avatar and stand in front of you. I'm just using it as an example. And there's not only one Gabriel. There's not only one Gabriel. There's also not only one Michael. Just the same way there's not one Lucifer or one Jezebel. Because there was only one Lucifer or one Jezebel. We're casting that one, same one out. It is a plane of existence. It is an identity. No, let me rather say a job function that is taken. Are you guys with me?